everyone and welcome once again to the Fisherman's Post Saltwater Podcast Series. This episode is titled Using Mirror Lures Effectively for Trout. And I'm going to be talking to Captain Lee Parsons of Godfly Guide Service. He's covering the area from Baldhead Island up to Sneeds Ferry. And we're going to be talking about such topics as lines, rods, and then of course Miro Lures. My name is Gary Hurley of Fisherman's Post. Fisherman's Post has been serving the saltwater fishing community of North Carolina since 2003. We've been bringing you fishing reports, fishing information, fishing tournaments, fishing schools, and now in our latest and greatest chapter, the Fisherman's Post Saltwater Podcast Series. And it is in this podcast series that we reach out to our captain and guide friends from up and down the North Carolina coast and ask them to share with us their insights, their knowledge on how to catch more fish more often. And our truer goal is to give you the confidence, the enthusiasm to get out on the water, to grab your family and friends and get out on the water and spend more time together more often. And I am joined in this podcast episode, just as I am every podcast, with my partner, Billy Thorpe of Thorpe Creative. And Billy, welcome once again to another podcast episode. Hey, Gary. Good to see you, man. You doing all right today? I am. I'm doing good. I'm a... I'm, uh, Always happy to talk fishing, you know, enjoy this podcast project we've undergone. And so, yeah, man, I'm right where I want to be. Yeah, man, it's good. And I'm excited about this episode. Lee is a legend in the fishing world. So I'm looking looking forward to hearing all of the knowledge. I got, got all my stuff ready for my notes. I'm going to take all my notes and, all right. and get back to you. But If you want to know something about a mirror lore, it is the shared perspective that Lee Parsons knows. I know. I'm excited, man. It's going to be a good episode. Uh, And what makes this episode possible is our sponsors. So I'm going to shout them out really quickly. We have R.A. Hitch, Raleigh Apex Hitch, Hitch's Trailers, Bike Racks, and more. So you can go check out uh, Chris and his team just doing a fantastic job serving the outdoor community and really anybody with trucks or hitches or bikes, I mean, the outdoor adventurous. So uh, go see those guys. And mention Fisherman's Post and get 20 bucks. Save yeah. you twenty dollars. Twenty Don't, bucks. Not get twenty bucks. bucks. Save twenty bucks. <laughs> like man, this sponsorship's really costing me a lot of money. <laughs> Everybody's calling me asking me for twenty bucks. <laughs> uh, so go go check those guys out. Go tell them we sent you. And then also want to shout out Marine Warehouse Center. Just an amazing sponsor. Been with us since very early on. Episode five. Been with us since then. Got a quick word from those guys. We'll be right back. At Marine Warehouse, we have everything. We have new boats, we have parts, we have accessories, new trailers. We have a complete service department with highly trained technicians. Anything you need to get out on the water, we have it. At Marine Warehouse Center, as we've grown over the last few years, now have a large section of marine supplies from start to finish for all your boating needs. What I love about this region is to be able to get out on the water, and also we love to be able to get you out on the water. The best part of working at Marine Warehouse is being able to get involved with the customers and share a love for the water. Uh, Good-looking crew right there, man. Good-looking boats, custom boats. They got it all. Yeah, man, as a reminder, <coughs> excuse me, as a reminder, man, they're more than sales. They are service. They are parts. And so whatever your boating need is, they can take care of it, both in the Wilmington area, the Charleston area. And uh, as I like to point out on this podcast, because it's true, is that they are serving. They are a part of the fishing and boating community. They're not just trying to sell to the boating and fishing community. Man, I, I love how they sort of embraced that role 
you know, again, here in the Wrightsville Beach, Wilmington area, as well as Charleston. Yeah. And a little fun fact, they ship worldwide. I learned that. And I think I mentioned it in a previous episode. So go check those guys out. If you, anywhere you're listening from, uh, like I said, Gary, I think last time I counted, we were in over 30 something countries. And so if you guys are interested, if you see something that Marine Warehouse has that you want, and I think it's even like a boat and a trailer, I'm pretty sure that's what they told me they shipped out. Uh, they got the, they got the power to make that happen, which I didn't really realize that, but they, it's a worldwide operation over there. Pretty crazy. And our podcast is worldwide. So you're telling me like we're yeah. big overseas. We're like yeah. David Hasselhoff is like we're, big in yep. Germany. Probably if we even set foot in Germany right now, we're probably just a swarm of people waiting on our plane, <laughs> <laughs> a swarm of fishermen just standing there right. waiting to take us fishing. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe. It would be nice to think so. Yeah, you know, whatever. Hey, uh, what about a fish photo? Here we go. I got a fish photo right here. We got John King hooked this trout using a topwater while fishing a grassy island in the Cape Fear River. And that is a good-looking trout. I had to put it in a different vertical position because it was so... I mean, look at the tail on that thing. It's... 10 inches wide. It's a beautiful fish, I don't fish, know if it's man. 10 inches, but it's huge. It's yeah, a good-looking fish. Probably the – what Lee's going to tell us is the popular target for mirror lures is the trout. Certainly they work on other species, but probably trout is the most popular target for the mirror lures. And then uh, – so um, before I go to – before I remind you of Billy's best takeaway, let's do a shameless plug for ourselves. you know, for people who would care to support our activities here. Absolutely, and you can support Gary and I – personally by buying us a cup of coffee that's how we have all this energy is from caffeine <laughs> so be sure to go to buymeacoffee.com slash fisherman's post and buy us a coffee five bucks or you can buy us multiple coffees if you want but i'm super appreciative and uh, it'll go a long way in the, in the world of coffee yeah i like to point that out at this point you know you're not it's it's a way to give us five bucks yeah. is really what it is the coffee five bucks I can't remember the last time I spent five bucks on a coffee but I can remember the last time I spent five bucks so man we appreciate it and as we say whether you whether you donate or not we love to hear from you we've had some of our best guests were suggestions by viewers listeners and some of our best topics have been from viewers mm-hmm. listeners so you know you don't have to buy a coffee to do that we just love communication we love our audience and that's just one avenue we figured we give for some people who might be inclined yeah and gary drinks gas station coffee so five bucks goes a long way like <laughs> well, 10 coffees probably <laughs> well um hey uh billy um lee parsons is going to tell you things about a mirror lore you've never thought about all right i'm ready so your job should be easy tonight and your job by your job, I mean Billy's best takeaway when I'm done talking with Captain Lee. All right. I'm pushing buttons and taking notes. Let's go. All right. Let's go. All right. So at this point, I'd like to welcome to the show Captain Lee Parsons, got to fly guide service, serving from Baldhead Island up through Sneeds Ferry. Lee, welcome to the show, man. Pleasure to have you on. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, man, really excited to talk to you about mirror lures again. You know, since I started Fisherman's Post, mirror lures and your name have been synonymous. So I love that you agreed to talk to us. But before we get to using mirror lures effectively for trout, as is tradition on the podcast, we've got two questions for you. Lee, are you ready for question number one? Sure, go ahead. Captain Lee Parsons, why should we listen to anything you have to say about a mirror lure or a trout? 
I really don't know, other than the fact I've been doing it since I was about four years old with my grandfather. Um, he got me started, showed me the evil ways of the mirror lure, and um, I listened to a lot of what he said. Most all of it was right, but some of his um, concepts weren't quite right, and I've changed things around a little bit since then. Um, been guiding full-time for this for about 26 years now. So I got a little bit of time under my belt. Um, that is an acceptable answer. We will proceed on to uh, question number two. And as is tradition, though, question number two might be harder for you because it is a non-fishing-related question. Are you ready for question number two? Sheep. Well, uh, you are an elder statesman when it comes to fishing, and you do have plenty of years of experience under your belt. And that's my two nice ways of saying, yeah, you're one of our older guests on the show. So I want to know, Lee how hip you are with modern slang. So I got actually two questions for you to see if you are familiar at all with modern slang. Question number one, what does it mean when a kid says that something is lit? Says what? That That is lit, L-I-T. <laughs> I don't know, fired up? <laughs> yeah, man, very good, enjoyable, exciting. <laughs> so good guess. I, I got one more for you. What does it mean when someone calls someone a snack? They are a snack. A snack. No idea. <laughs> someone who is attractive. They, you know, you, you know, they're a snack. They they look tasty or however you go there. Man, I I think you did fantastic, Leaf. I think you did fantastic. So without ado, let's move into mirror lures. And uh, when asked the best approach, I think you said we'll talk about lines and rods before we move into mirror lures. And so at this point, I'll just step back and let you take over. Lee, set us up for success with mirror lures for trout. All right. I'm going to start with lines first. Um, myself, I'm a braid guy. I prefer it since I started uh, using braid over mono because I can feel the bite better. There's no stretch, and I like that. With mono, you want a very soft action rod. And the thing with mono is you've got to work the rod really hard to make the mirror lure work good. With braid, you can kind of slow down. Without the stretch, you can make the mirror lure work really, really well. And you can kind of change the way you use the rod. Um, with braid, I like a stiff tip rod. I prefer a reel with an extremely good guide. That's probably one of the most important things there is, is having a reel with a real good drag on it. Um, it's just got to be. The other thing is I use 15-pound braid, and then I'll use 12 um pound fluorocarbon on the end of it. Sometimes I'll drop down to 10 or 8 pound fluorocarbon, but most of the time I'm using 12 pound. If I'm going to throw a 52, I'll use 17 to 20 pound braid. The big thing is I get tired of popping mirror lures off. I also get tired of clients popping mirror lures off. So sometimes it's an adjustment to who's behind the rod. Sometimes it's adjustment for finicky fish. But that's kind of the rods that I prefer. 
uh, 6.6 is still one of my favorite rods. It's a little rod. It gives you a good fight. I had a seven and a half pounder last year on a 6.6 rod. Um, just a lot of fun using it. Otherwise, I tend to use a seven foot rod. And as far as the length of rod you should use, what I recommend is if you're a shorter person, say um, five, six or under, stick with a six, six rod. If you're a taller person, you can go up to a seven foot rod without any problem. The, the main reason for that is because I teach fishing mirror lures with a rod tip at the wharf. Why I do that is because it takes the wind out of play. And when you take the wind out of play, it gives you the opportunity to feel the bite better. Um, it's just kind of simple science. So I teach a lot different than how the old timers taught. My grandfather said, you got to have your rod tip up high. The trout are on the bottom. The bluefish are up above the trout. And he's somewhat right with that. But since then, we have discovered that trout also like to suspend, especially in a current rip or over the top of an oyster rock with current, they'll tend to suspend. And there I use a mirror lure called the Catch 2000 a lot. It just suspends good. You can work it slow. You can work it slow. And you can work it slow. You can also, with a 52 or 17, or catch 2000 you can work what I call the swing and that's throwing it up current about five degrees ten degrees of 90 um, that you sit facing the current and let it swing down without reeling it at all and all you do is sit there with your rod and give it a twitch trout are gonna hit when the mirror lure is not being moved by you if it's moved in the current that's fine it's a natural thing Bait moves in the current. But as long as you're twitching it, the odds of the trout hitting it are slim. So you're better off just to sit there and pause between each twitch, sometimes five to 15 seconds. And just when you think everything is, you know, gone by you, all of a sudden, bam, there he is. You get that tick and he sets down on it. The other thing I encourage people not to do is set the hook. Let them wallow in the mirror lure. The mirror lures have got treble hooks on them. And I'll tend to bend a lot of the barbs down on my treble hooks. And when I let them wallow in it, it just skin hooks them besides having them hooked in the mouth. Have you got questions yet? Oh, I'm glad to. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. No, this is all good. One thing I'm going to sort of state here at the beginning of this podcast is I am not well-versed in the different mirror lures, so this conversation is going to go better if you assume I know little about MR-17, Catch-2000, you know, and so don't feel, don't be shy to repeat yourself as we're sort of covering these because it is one weakness of mine. Well, it, I mean, there's more than one weakness, but it's one of the weaknesses of mine that I've never committed to memory the different mirror lures. So I love the conversation about braid versus mono. I love the conversation about rod and action, and then you were getting me to the rod tip in the water and the six foot versus the seven foot. And then you started right in, and I was still trying to process everything you said there. I think you started right in about technique. And so that's where I want to circle back around. I don't want you to repeat what you said, but like, 
So let's go to that technique. And I don't know how this conversation goes. What I'm guessing is all the different mirror lures, you're going to work them a little bit differently or some certain classes are all work the same. And I guess what might help for the viewers and the listeners is to sort of set me up with an area that you might target with the mirror lure and then how you would target that that area with whatever particular mirror lore would be best in that scenario. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I'm getting to each mirror lore too. Fantastic. And uh, I can take off with that if you want me to. Please. Okay. A second ago, you heard me talk about 17s to 52s, et cetera, et cetera. Well, this is the original mirror lure. How do I get it on there? There we go. This is a 52M. If it's got an R on it, that stands for rattle. So that's what the MR is, a mirror lure rattle. That's all it is. Um, people are like deer in headlights when it comes to talking about numbers and things like that. But um, that's your original 52M mirror lure right there. The Catch 2000 is a bullet shape, or cigar shape as I call it, and as you can see, it's round. I can't get used to where this is. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not going to make fun of you for it. I'm, That's all right. Make fun if you want to. I'm, it's I'm got at least huge in front of eyes on it. And um, it's a wind cheater. But the other thing is this is a mid-water depth. This will go down two, three feet at the most. So you can use it in real shallow water and not catch the bottom all the time. And why do you call it a wind cheater? Because it's a cigar shape. And when it flies, it flies this way, rear end first. So as you can see, it's very symmetrical and slender and it just cheats the wind it just dives right through it and when it lands it lands just like that and then you start working it versus the 52 which is wide you can see it that way and that's a full sinker and it will go to the bottom it'll sink at a rate of about a foot every two or three seconds, which is a pretty good shot to the bottom. There's also the same thing in a TT model, which has spots on it. And TT stands for tiny trout. That's all the TT stands for. The difference is when you look at them this way, let's see if I can get you in there. If you can see it, one of them is wider than the other. The TT has a wider back to it. Okay. And what that does is it means it sinks slower, but yet in current because of this wide side right here, it will actually dig deeper in the current and go deeper than a 52 wheel in current, which is an interesting thing. The other thing that most everybody's throwing now is a little 17. 
And that's that's the 17. What's this, the characteristic of the 17? This, where is it? I'm going to start making fun of you. Motor. I don't know why I can't get this thing to... Hold it back towards you more. Yeah, hold it. There you go. This back. is a big brother. Okay. All right. And that's the little one right there. Oh, I just figured something out. This is backwards to me. <laughs> but that's the little one, and this is the bigger one right here. Bigger baits, bigger fish a lot of times. But a lot of times, it's also the smaller bait. The other thing I like that Mirror Lure has is called an L30, which they don't make anymore, and an L29. Or excuse me, an L29 they don't make anymore, and an L30. And the L stands for lip. And I will take this bait right here and put it on a rod in the back of the boat if I'm fishing with just me and one other person and let it sit in the current if I'm anchored up and loosen the drag all the way down and it'll just be sitting back there wobbling. It'll just be wobbling back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And the trout will find the current seam of the boat and sit there and find that wobbling in that current and they will just crush it. And sometimes your biggest trout of the day will come on that just sitting there with you not doing anything. Use that real loose drag, and I mean loose, so when they hit it, the bend of the pole doesn't put too much drag on it, and he pull himself off, and that will happen a lot. Going back to the 17, it's a slower sinker right here. It's a smaller profile, and the fish tend to like it a lot. And they make these in clear eyes, which was the original eye on the mirror lure was a clear eye. And then they went to red eyes, and now they're going back to clear eyes. So sometimes clear eyes make a difference, but I just stick with the red eyes. I, I think they work just fine. Um, it's just how I use them. The 52s and the Catch 2000s, and the 17s, I like to use in current. And trout-like current and seams. And they'll be on one side of the seam or the other. They'll be either sitting in the current waiting for stuff to wash down or they'll sit just outside the seam and they'll be waiting for the trout or the bait, rather, to um, come by and they'll dart through it and, and grab it and dart back in to where the current is not so bad and sit there and eat it. So they can be on either side and they can be at any depth. When I pull up to a spot and I anchor offshore of the spot and cast towards the shore, which is my preferred way to do things, I will sit there and actually cast the clock around. And that way I'm covering different water each time. In other words, I'll start five to 10 degrees up current from where I'm sitting. And then I'll cast directly 90 degrees. Then I'll cast um, five or 10 degrees down current, more down current, more down current to where I'm almost throwing directly down current behind the boat. And I'm just letting that thing swing. And as I swing, I'm just sitting there going tap, 
tap, tap, tap, tap, just little motions make a big, big difference. Slow is, is better most of the time than fast. Sometimes they want a, a really hard wham, wham, wham. And I mean really hard. And then what will happen is you'll stop it. And as it's sitting there, they'll hit it. And that hard striking that you're doing or hard tapping that you're doing will actually bring the strike to them. They'll see an injured bait. They'll feel the push from the injured bait. They'll see it doing something very erratic, and it stops. And when it stops, they figure it's an easy target, and they're going to go eat it. And that's what they do is they go and eat it. So the the tapping, there's no real there's no real retrieving going on. It is you're just letting the current work, or is there some retrieve going on? I'm not retrieving it hardly at all. If the current slacks off and I need to retrieve it a little bit, I will. I'll reel very slow. But most of the time, I'm letting it swing all the way around till it gets completely down current. And when it gets down current, I'll retrieve it kind of quick, and about a third of the way back, I'll stop. And I'll just throw the rod tip towards the bait, and I'll just let it sink back naturally in the current. And then I'll bring it up real fast again to about halfway back, and I'll do the same thing. I'll throw the rod back to it and let it swing back into current again. All those little tricks will, will entice fish to bite in the current. And a lot of times you'll sit there and you'll watch guys fish right beside you, and they're not catching anything. It's all a matter of how you're working it versus how they're working it. All you're doing is something a little different it tends to entice that trout into striking the bait. And that's what it's all about. And like I say, the big thing is try not to set the hook. Most of the people that I fish with with mono, they like to set the hook with mono, and that's fine. But with braid, I'd rather see my guys sit there and um, actually throw slack back to him as soon as they feel that tick. And let the fish wallow in that mirror lure so he's good and hooked when he comes back to the boat and you're not going to lose him on the way back. They've got a real soft mouth. And you can jerk the hooks right out of them trying to set the hook. That's why I think most of the people are better off not setting the hook. That way they're not jerking it out um, from underneath them or from out of their mouth. Is, is this a point where I can ask you what you mentioned earlier in the show about grandfather rod tip up lee parsons rod tip down close to the water and like what is the difference and what do you accomplish from that part of the presentation back in the old days when we used mirror lures and fiberglass rods you had to work the rod real hard to make the mirror lure work in other words you snatch it real hard and it bounces the mirror lure up off the bottom and then you drop it back and you let it fall back to the bottom and then you snatch it up again. It's, it's almost like grub fishing in slow motion. Nowadays with braid, you can actually make it twitch side to side, up and down, and you can keep your rod tip down to the water and you're not being affected by the wind so much. With braid, if you're fishing into the wind, it likes to wrap around the rod tip. Mono will do the same thing somewhat. 
but Bright's really bad about it. Um, that's why I like the rod tip down. But it also allows you to feel the, the little tick that the trout will do a lot of times. And I mean, it's very faint, but you can feel them breathe on it with braid. That braid is the most wonderful thing because you can feel everything that goes on. And a lot of times what you actually feel is the fish bumping into it or slapping it with their tail. And if you're good and you can feel that, you can hook a lot of those fish that bump into it or slap and slap it with their tail. And, and trout will do that a lot. They'll go up to a mirror lure or a bait and slap it with their tail to stun it. And if you move it away real quick, they think automatically, well, you know, I didn't kill it. I, I didn't hurt it enough to, you know, make me go after it. But if you just drop back to it, and just let it drift in the current. They'll go, ooh, I got it. And they'll turn around and run over and pick it up with their mouth. And then you got them hooked. So it, it's real easy to do that kind of thing if you can resist setting the hook. And it's hard to do. Even for me, sometimes it's hard to do. I get excited just like everybody else. And in the fall, I'd rather mirror lure fish than anything. I just think it's the most fun thing to do and to be able to trick a fish into eating a hard plastic bait like that. It's just really, really a cool thing to do. So I very much enjoyed the lesson on the R means rattle, TT, tiny trout. Also, when I think of mirror lures, I also enjoyed clear eyes, red eyes, back to clear eyes, because I do want to come out of this conversation just sort of understanding mirror lures in general, including sort of the genesis of it. So right now, man, I don't even know if anyone knows how many different color selection choices there are with a mirror lure. Can you speak to color when it comes to Lee Parsons' favorite or what application might determine one color versus another? It's water clarity, and that's a whole different ball game. It's actually something that's pretty visual, water clarity is. Um, and it has to do with turbidity. And turbidity is a real word, by the way. Um, I had somebody shoot me down on it, and I'm like, well, it's on my water bill. They talk about turbidity, so it's got to be a real word. Better <laughs> <laughs> count. It's words. So. Um, but you kind of got to let the fish tell you what they want. Um, a number 50 is a great all around color. It's a Louisiana Bayou color. Um, this is a number 50. And it's got what I call a Volkswagen green back. And it's got gold sides on it. And that's the one I like. They also make this in a silver side. Um, but I like the gold sides better. Another one, and I'll use this as an example of them and the colors, which are crazy. This is called a BKGCH. What does all that mean? BK stands for black back. How do I do this? Everything's backwards when I do this. I'm trying not to make fun of you, Lee. That's okay. Um, it's BKG is gold sides, and CH and I don't know whether you can see it on this or not, but that stands for the chartreuse belly. That's B-K-G-C-H. Black back, gold sides, chartreuse belly. 
then they do things like use numbers for colors. Um, this is 26 blue back, or is this 24? I can't remember. Anyway, it's blue back, silver sides. Then you have um, an 18, which is a um, mud minna uh, green. And then you have a 21, which is a black back. So, you know, er everything is, is different in how they, they do things. This is a 20MR19, which is what that is. This is a Catch 2000s. It's got gold sides, or yellow sides rather, and a black back. This is an old school color. And when I say old school, I go back to the original mirror lures, just like the 21, the 18, the uh, um, old number 11, which is the redhead white sides. That's what everybody sees all the time. It's still one of the best colors out there. Something about that white head and the, uh, or white body and the red head just really works. And then you've got one with a um, um, fluorescent orange uh, head. And that's what you want to use on a cloudy day. The fluorescent orange tends to show up better than the red does. So you'll catch more on the fluorescent orange on a cloudy, dark, overcast day than you will on just the, the old um, red head and the white body. When he um, started doing mirror lures, he had no rhyme or reason for colors. He just made them up. I've talked to the grandson of mirror lure, and he says that you know they don't even know why he made the colors the way he made them. And they've tried to straighten things out a little bit along the way. Um, but just stay in your basic colors, the 50s, the BKGCH, the 18s, which is my preferred preference over the 21 in color. So with mirror lures, you got numbers that represent the style of mirror lures, like 17 right here and then you've got numbers that indicate what color it is so it gets it gets kind of complicated and I can't explain it real well without having everything in front of me so that you can visually see it and go down the list and you know, tell you what it is it's kind of like the L29 and the L30 you know um, there again, it's a number denoting what kind of mirror lure it is. So, I don't know that that's helping you out any, Gary, but that's kind of the way it is with mirror lures. It's, it's very confusing. And what made me start doing these lectures and, and talks in my little mirror lure schools is seeing people in the tackle stores standing in front of the mirror lure counter where it's a real in-depth uh, bunch of mirror lures and looking like deer in headlights. And I've always gone up to people and said, hey, can I help you with something? You look confused. And 
for most of them are very confused and uh, I can understand why but there are times when they want a specific color and if you don't have it then you could be in a whole heap of trouble I used to carry 12 rods and I tied 12 different mirror lures and, and colors on to see what the fish wanted and I let the fish tell me what they wanted that day I might have a green back the day before that they've absolutely crushed and today they won't touch it so I turn around and you know throw the complete opposite in color instead of a green back I might throw a complete white mirror lure to see if that's what they want in contrast um, I have to look at the water and decide whether it's uh, stained uh, like the Cape Fear River or dirty like um, midsummer water is around Wrightsville Beach from all the boat traffic. You know, I look at a lot of things when I look at, at, you know, what color should I try and throw. But I always throw the color that caught them the day before because that's a good starting point. And that's what you got to do is have a starting point and be able to expand from there. And there was last year, year before last, we stumbled on a color that I'd have never thrown. I called it an oriental color because when I lived in oriental and fished up there, that was the one they wanted all the time up there, just about. And uh, I always called it my oriental color from North Carolina. And all of a sudden, that down here, they wanted it. And for one year, I didn't have to look for a mirror. That's the only thing I could get them to eat. And they ate it really, really well. This year, they didn't touch it. They wouldn't look at it. I maybe caught one or two trout on it. I used it a lot, tried it a lot, but that's not what they wanted this year. So this year, they wanted something totally different. Early season this past year, they wanted white. And white just was the ticket. I don't know why, but it was the ticket. And all of a sudden, they wouldn't touch it after that. So, so I have a I have a follow up to that. So if I I understand the concept of different colors tied on, and you know trying to figure them out, and starting with what worked the last time you fished, and I even really like the concept of if you're going to change it and throw something different, don't throw something subtly different. Throw something very different. You know, I I I see the logic in that. For Lee Parsons, like how long or how many casts will you make with a color before you deem it not working today? Let me throw something else. If I'm in a spot and I know that the fish are there and been holding there, I will take and sit there and throw color after color after color to try and see if I can figure out what they want. And most of the time when you find that one color, that's it. You better have multiples if you got buddies in the boat because they're going to hate you if you don't. Um, I try and have at least three or four of each color in the boat when I go out there with clients because I want everybody to catch fish. And if I find one color and that's all they want, then I'm going to have two clients sitting there that are just kind of mad at me because they're not catching fish and their buddies just waxing. So you got to have and I have multiple colors in each one um, when you're out there. To right, keep but I'm going to ask you, the, I'm going to put the question to you again. Lee Parsons, now you're out there by yourself, and you know the fish are there, 
and you grab your first mirror lore, how long or how many casts are you going to make with that before Lee Parsons by himself says, I need to try a different color? I'm going to make at least one full clock if I'm fishing the current and fishing the swing. I'm going to make one full clock work of one color. And if I don't get a bite, I'm going to put that in the rod holder. I'm going to pick up a different mirror lure in a different color, and I'm going to throw that to the bank, and I'm going to make one full clock rotation of working that mirror lure where I think those fish should be until I figure out what mirror lure they want or until I start feeling a little tick. And if I start getting a tick that that's all I'm getting, but I'm not getting a hook, I know I'm close to what they want, but I don't have, I haven't figured it out yet. And that's when I'll start zeroing in colors closer to what I'm using um, instead of going in the opposite direction. But I will sit there for 12 rods and throw each rod up to that bank if I know those fish are there until I figure out which one they they want. And usually within 12 colors, you're going to figure something out if you're, if you're you know, paying attention. And you just got to let the fish tell you what they want. But, yeah, I'll sit there for, I don't know, however long it takes me to throw 12 rods and 12 different color mirror lures to work that swing where I think the fish should be. Okay. Did that answer your question? Yes, it did. How about this question? So as far as suspended or bottom or even more surface, like is it just conditions that the area you're targeting at that moment that makes you decide which to throw, or do you mix that up as well when you're sort of covering a swing? Most of the time I have a good inkling of where they're going to be. And even if fish are on the bottom, they're like a flounder. They're always looking up. You know? um, so they can look up, especially if it's sunny, and they can see things going over the top of their heads. Sometimes they don't want to come off the bottom because of a pressure thing that's going on, and that's when you'll use something a little heavier, like a, a 52, and you may have to work 52 a little bit more if there's low current because it's going to go roll on the bottom. Of course, you're going to get hung up a lot. Um, but most of the time, a 17 or catch 2000 or lip bait will do what you want it to do most of the time. Um, the rock jetty, I'm going to throw 52s out there just about exclusively because it's deep. You're fishing deeper water. And since I said deeper water, Keep this in mind. Trout tend to like a five-foot water zone. You'll find a lot of trout in five-foot of water or less. And if there's deeper spots, then what the trout will do, if they, they, they get spooked, they'll roll off into that deep water. And they like that deep water. It's a security zone for them. But um, I look for a lot of area that is in that five-foot zone or has a roll-off into a deeper zone, but still up on that plateau of five-foot. <clears throat> I can sit here and think of probably 20, 25 places I fish 
that all have that five foot zone mixed in with them. Okay. Hey, so I've got, uh, I think I'm down to like three questions. And, you know, as we wrap up your, your podcast episode, question number one would be, you know, there's been a lot of information and introduction to mirror lords and then application for the intermediate mirror lord guy, the guy who's pretty fluent, you know, with mirror lords has had reasonable to good success with mirror lords from your perspective with all your experience with mirror lore, what's something that you can give us, you know, is there any kind of tip hint, you know, something that that intermediate mirror lord person might not have thought about, but can leave this podcast going, man, that was, I never thought about that. That's pretty dialed in though. Um, if you've never fished braid, you ought to try. Um, that's that's one of the big things for me. It's hard to get an old-timer, and I say an old-timer, uh, uh, somebody who's fished nothing but mono with, with mirror lures to even try braid. But I found, and I was very skeptical, that braid made a whole lot of difference. So if you've never fished braid, try it. Don't use more than um, an 18-inch piece of um, uh, fluorocarbon on the end of it. That's just my preference. I cannot tell whether yellow braid is any better or worse than green braid. I tend to throw green braid because I like how it throws. I like how it's easier to untangle if something happens to it, and it'll happen. Um, the other thing is, in working mirror lures, try real, real slow. When I say real, real slow, you know, slow down to one twitch every 15 to 20 seconds. Now, 20-second pause is an eternity, an absolutely eternity. And it's hard for me to even do that. But sometimes they want that 20-second pause. Other times, they want you popping that rod every two to three seconds and giving it a pause and pop it every two to three seconds and giving it a short pause. But those are the big things for an intermediate guy, you know, is if you've never fished braid, try it. And, you know, try it fast and try it slow, but slow is usually the way to go with trout. All right. Next. I like because it's like an old man fishery. I don't have to work my butt off to be able to get them to bite. I can just relax and enjoy my day and not work myself to death with it. Okay. Now my next, this is question two of three. Um, from your years of experience with trout, share with us something that you've learned about the habit of a trout, the action of a trout, something that even the person who's fairly fluent with trout might not have realized, experienced, or understood yet? Mm, that's a tough one. Um, trout suspend a lot more than I ever thought they would. I'm absolutely amazed at how much trout suspend. And when I say suspend, I'm talking about getting off the bottom and staying in a two to four foot zone. That That's probably my number one thing with trout. Um, 
I'm amazed at how camouflaged and hard to see trout are. But once you learn how to pick them out and see the shadows, suddenly you see a whole lot of trout. Um, we do a lot of sight fishing now for trout. A friend of mine kind of showed me the way to sight fish trout and I picked up on it and I am amazed at how you can see the trout and and be able to start fishing areas that I would have gone right over because I wasn't looking for them like that. Um, and I can't explain that to you. That's something I have to show you on the water for you to be able to see it. Um, Put a bunch of trout in your live well and see what colors they are. They look like a bunch of zebras from the top side looking down on them. All right. All right. I, I lied, actually. I got. I thought of one other question I meant to ask earlier, and then I'm going to get to my final question. The question I meant to ask earlier is, what knot are you using to tie on a mirror lure to the fluoro? I'm guessing a loop knot to give you more action than a knot that would cinch down on the mirror lure? I use a loop knot. My grandfather taught me a loop knot years and years ago that I like a lot. And you can get it very, very tight. And I clip this one off. So if you can see it, that's the loop as big as it is on my mirror lure. Okay. It's maybe a big 16th of an inch loop is all it is. And essentially what you do is you tie an overhand knot into the line itself. Thread that through the eye and come out and wrap three times around the main line and go back through the loop and the knot you made in the main line. Sit your mirror lure down and hold your main line and only pull the tag in down to the eye of the mirror lure. And by doing so, it will allow you to pull it almost tight to the eye. And then when you cinch it back, it gives you that little teeny tiny loop. The bigger the loop, the more likely you are to have your, your hooks catching that loop. So if you can make a real little loop, then it, it works much, much better. And it gives you that extra little bit of swing in the mirror lure that I like. Um, it's just the loop knot I've always tied. The tag end will always, if it's tied correctly, will always lay over the top of the mirror lure when you're through. Then you can trim it down. And what I like about that is that you're not picking up trash when you work it. Because um, the, the tag end is facing backwards from the way you're working the mirror lure. And uh, it makes all the difference in the world. Something else I kind of have to show you, you know, sit down with you and let you tie a few and show you how to do it two or three times and then you'll catch on to it. Um, start with like 20 pound test to try and learn it. But like I say, make a loop in the line, go through the eye, wrap three times around. And when you look down at what you've done, you've got a V and you've got the loop of the knot you made. Grab the main line and set the mirror lure down and only pull the tag in to the eye. And that's the key to the whole thing is pulling the tag in to the eye and not pulling on the mirror lure. That's why I say sit the mirror lure down on your pant leg or, or you know, the seated boat or whatever. Just 
let it sit there free and just pull the tag in down. Don't pull the main line to the tag and pull the tag in away from the main line. That's what will give you that tight loop. All right. Which brings me to my final question, and it is, I just want, you know, this is your podcast episode, and so a final thought for our viewers and listeners, you know, the essence of what you would like to communicate, and you can't talk about braid, you can't talk about slow retrieve, and you can't talk about trout suspended, you know, because I've covered that. Anything else, anything else, Lee, this is our final thought on mirror lures for trout. Um, don't be afraid to try something new. Don't be afraid to change something up. Um, let the fish kind of tell you what they want. Um, if they don't hit it slow, try fast. If they don't hit it fast, try slow. But slow is the way to go if you can do it. When you think you're going slow enough, slow down some more. All right. Hey, Lee. It's been a pleasure, man. It's been an honor, actually, to have you on the show and talking mirror lures. And uh, I appreciate your time very much. Thanks, Gary. It's good to see you. Okay, man. All right. Take care. Billy. All right, man. A ton of information, a ton of knowledge. You'd be hard-pressed to find someone that knows more about a mirror lure than Lee Parsons. Well, I didn't know any of that stuff. And I fished with mirror lures. I didn't know what MR meant. I didn't know... TT, I didn't know any of that, so I learned a ton about the mirror lure. Well, what would be your best takeaway, though? I think my best takeaway is the old trout tail slap. I didn't realize that. You know, it didn't, I mean, maybe that should be common knowledge, but I didn't know that. So I get his point, man, with the reaction, man. You feel that. You want to try to yank to see if it's fine pay dirt, whereas you'll be better served not to try to set the yeah. hook, just to like let the track trout play out the game it thinks it's playing out. Yeah, I mean, I I, yeah, en- man, I, I enjoyed that insight too. Yeah, I didn't know because I suck at trout fishing. I've, I mean, I've, you know, I go quite often in the wintertime in the surf to go find trout, and I feel like I miss a ton of trout, and that might be a part of the thing. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. And maybe. by go a ton, you mean twice? Twice more <laughs> than. In previous years, sure. <laughs> you go two times. <laughs> I go two times for one hour. Why the freak? This fishery's horrible. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I got a, I got a thousand bucks if you can tie the knot he just described. Dude, I no, I can't. <laughs> I watch YouTube videos to learn how to tie knots, and I can't. So, but well, but I was really impressed how small that loop was. I agree because my loops are like this big. <laughs> I agree, and what I heard. What I heard was Lee invited me to go fishing with him so he can show me what trout look like in the water and I can practice that knot. And I mean, tie what knot. I heard was a fishing invitation. I mean, you might have heard that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. He didn't seem like a guy that's talking between the lines. <laughs> he just told you exactly what he was going on. So I didn't hear an invite, but that's just me. <laughs> well, I mean, if you can pitch someone donating a boat, I could try to sucker Lee yeah, into taking me fishing, right? Yeah. It should be easy. I mean, he's hearing me right now saying sucker him to take me fishing. I'm aware of that. Yeah, he's hearing it. So maybe <laughs> post-show you guys can be that. So, since you didn't know what MR meant, I don't know if you're going to get on the mirror lure boat. <laughs> I think you're right. I got to do some homework before I'm worthy. Yeah, you're the guy that stands in front of the mirror lure wall going, Ooh. I am. <laughs> what are, 
I am that guy, actually. Me too. Now I'm going to feel more confident. I'm probably going to try to teach somebody. Okay, you know what that means? Well, I think that was part of the purpose of this podcast. Now if I go back to serious talk, it is I go out trout fishing and I have a mirror lures. A mirror. I have mirror lures in the tackle box. And they stay in the tackle box. How many? And I keep throwing soft plastics. But I have them because I just haven't committed. I just haven't said, you know what? I'm going to figure this out. I just keep going back. And so that was part of the purpose of this podcast is to give people like me better understanding of mirror lure and more motivation to actually throw it and not just go to soft plastic leadhead. Yeah. Well, the saddening part for me is he said 12 colors. I'm like... 12 times at nine or whatever this how much and then you got to have at least two or three of each color <laughs> two or three of each color and then he's like if you have one that's working you better get one for your friends like no no not at that price <laughs> i do love those lures though man i got a ton of them so and when i say ton i mean like four <laughs> i think i think lee's mirror lure collection is re- is his retirement he's got once he decides he's going to retire he's just going to live off yeah. reselling mirror lures like this was the first mirror lure ever made auctioning that thing off (laughs) oh man well speaking of getting on the boat getting on the water go check out marine warehouse center see what they can do for you no matter if you're here in wilmington north carolina in the charleston area or worldwide they can take care of you and ship out whatever you need and go check out ra hitch as well really appreciate both of those companies for for supporting the podcast and uh go book a trip with with uh with mr parsons there before gary's Gets it all gone. Yeah, don't take my date. No, I'm kidding. I want you to take my date. I think you should go fishing with Lee, man. I mean, it'd be great. Oh, hey, man. Thank you, Billy. This yep. was good, dude. It was awesome, man. Appreciate it, Gary. Fisherman's Earth. More fish, more often.